Network the business, says Plitt. Alexander Graham Bell's wife, Mabel, became a client, and she brought Grace Coolidge, the future first lady, and Grace brought socialite and social activist Bertha Honoré Palmer. It was women's networking at its best. Palmer became such a fan that she insisted Harper open a shop in her native Chicago in time for the World's Fair of 1893. Harper shrewdly replied that Palmer needed to get a commitment from 25 women to patronize a Chicago shop. With the commitment secured, Harper had to figure out how to expand her business with her limited resources. According to Plitt, she looked to the Christian Science Church for guidance. Under the strict direction of founder Mary Baker Eddy, the church maintained satellite operations throughout the country. Harper decided this was the model she would replicate. She also incorporated the goal of the suffragists to empower women. In particular, Susan B. Anthony advocated women having financial independence in an era when women had very few rights, least of all financial. She used the model to enable poor servant girls and factory girls to transform their lives, Plitt says. By dictating that poor women would open the first 100 salons, in one fell swoop, Harper became a pioneer of social entrepreneurship and modern franchising. The word franchising comes from the French and literally means to free from servitude. Ray Kroc of McDonald's is widely credited with being the father of American franchising, but Harper beat him to it by 60 years. The first two franchises were opened in 1891 in Buffalo and Detroit. Franchisees had to purchase Harper's chair and sink, which she unfortunately did not patent, and all of her products. Because the women, who became known as Harperites, usually lacked the funds for upfront costs, Harper loaned them the money to buy the franchise. In 1893, Harper opened her Chicago salon in time for the fair, and she continued to expand, eventually having over 500 shops globally, including outlets throughout the United States, a network of beauty schools training women in the Harper method, and a factory in Rochester to manufacture her organic products. As her empire grew, the rich and famous flocked to her shops. Harper's loyal clients included members of the British royal family, the German Kaiser, the actress Helen Hayes, and Rose and Joseph Kennedy, and later Jacqueline Kennedy and Lady Bird Johnson. While negotiating the Treaty of Versailles, President Woodrow Wilson traveled to Paris nightly to the Harper Salon to have his scalp massaged. Hair treatments for men, including massage, were a novelty and one of Harper's many innovations. Sally Knapp, 81, is one woman whose life was changed by Harper. She entered Harper's Beauty School in Rochester right out of high school. I was a Harper girl and graduated in 1954, Knapp says. At the time, beauty schools did not have the best reputation. They seemed dirty to me, and Harper was different. The approach was different. It was on hair care rather than simply quaffing. In 1957, Knapp took over a Harper salon in Baltimore and ran the business for 50 years. She gave me my career, and I think she gave me some principles of how you treat people. The idea of caring for people came from my training, and that definitely came from Martha, Knapp says. Harper never lost sight of her original goal of empowering women. Her salons offered childcare and were open in the evening to accommodate busy women's schedules. Unlike John Rockefeller, who lived in a fortress, Harper's Rochester mansion was open to all Harperites when they came to town. She refused to marry until she was fully in control of her empire and at the age of 63 married Robert McBain, who was 39. She stepped down as CEO in 1932 and McBain took over. He began to transform the company, introducing chemical dyes and permanents, which were forbidden under Harper, who strictly used natural products. And the female esprit de corps was gone, according to Plitt.
Harper died in 1950 at the age of 92, and by the time McBain sold the company in the 1970s, it was a shadow of its former self. The last Harper salon closed in Rochester in 2005. The woman who transformed the lives of so many and changed the face of American business never got her due in life. While the remaining Harperites are fiercely loyal, Harper's name is largely forgotten. She's important as a national business figure, says Sarah LeCount, collections manager at the Rochester Museum and Science Center, which has a large collection of Harper artifacts, including two of her shampoo chairs. She really felt that by developing her salon system, she was helping women establish a financial life of their own beyond their husbands, or allow them to live without a husband. In 2001, Harper was posthumously honored with an award from the International Franchising Association and was inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame in 2003. She is lost in history, and I think that's too bad, says Nat.